0: think of his grace and his mercy, and oh yeah, how he loves me, all I can do is thank him for blessing me, he shows me from the hurt and the pain, the touch from him and you will never be the same, yes I gotta thank him for saving yeah. me, yeah. here we go. Here we go. I thank him for my blessings every day that I wake up. We were born into December. He decided to save us. Wasn't grateful for my life, but now I thank him every night because without him, I'd be lost. Now the problem has been solved. I remember all the lies and all the times that I disguise. but now his greatness and his mercy was revealed until my eyes. I'm so alive. I rose up from the desert. I cannot help but give him praise. You should come along for the ride. All right, everybody. We want to thank you guys for joining us again for another episode of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study. I'm your host, Coach Chelsea, and I'm super excited for this conversation. Each conversation feels like it gets stronger and better for servant leaders to grow. This servant leader that we have on today for this hour of growth and servant leadership and faith talk, he is no stranger to the podcast. He's definitely been on fellowshipping with us uh, in this movement for a while, definitely offered some nuggets that I know I've personally grown by. But today we have Servant Leader. Vince Ford II. And I'm laughing as I say Vince Ford II because we started talking a little bit about how his Father's Day was uh, that we just celebrated. Of course, when you listen on a podcast, some days may have passed, but we celebrated Father's Day for our amazing fathers yesterday. He is the host of Community Conversations. He's also the author of the leader that society didn't choose. And I love the title of that. I began reading that book. and We're going to talk about that today. But most of all, he's just an amazing servant of God. And I'm so thankful to have you here. I tell everybody, I thank you for your time. Time is that one thing that once it's given, I can't give back to you. It's the greatest gift. So thank you so much. I'm gonna pass the torch to you to say hello to our listeners. We get this conversation started.
1: All right, what's up, everybody? So I am Vince Ford, uh, the second, named after my father. Right, considering that Father's Day just passed, uh, and I have three sons, three boys. Uh, My house is always jumping. Um, Just want to give you a, I I just want to give you a pre, uh, you know, just a precursor because in in any given time, one of them might escape the long reach of my wife uh, and become another co-host. So I just want to let you know that. So um, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm a father, um, husband, uh, preacher, author, you know, community activist. I mean, there's a lot of things that God has blessed me with the ability to do. Um, and I'm just really happy to be here on today. Um, you have a phenomenal platform. Um, and I'm thankful that you uh, asked me to uh, just talk a little bit about, you know, what's going on here in Columbus, Ohio.
0: Listen, I appreciate you for that. You know, you have, like I said, been on here, fellowshipping with us and you know, offering your nuggets with various speakers. I've been on your community conversations, you know, and I just appreciate that. I feel like, you know, a lot of times individuals feel like only one person can assume a role, but it takes so many of us to have the conversations. It takes so many of us to be able to distribute information and knowledge where we're supposed to be. And so let's talk about community conversations for a little bit. I love it. I've been on it, I've been blessed to have an opportunity to talk with you on that, loving what you're doing. Talk to our, talk to our listeners a little bit about. Community conversations. What made you get that started, and some of the things and some of the people that you've had to enhance that conversation?
1: So you know, I think the pandemic did a lot of things. Um, so you know, I call this guy. His name is Stacy Jones. I call him my my big brother, and Stacy. Uh, pretty much, he preached a sermon like early in the pandemic when everything was kind of going digital and he said that you know, hey, this pandemic, it's either going to uh, expose you or expand you um, and Now that's you know, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it like blew me away when he said that uh, because, you know, it had been you know, it was like three or four weeks, we was in the house it's like, man, like when is this going to end um, and then it finally started to settle in and like, hey, you know, I'm probably not going to be preaching At church in front of a live audience for a while. Um, And a lot of my preacher friends, my pastor friends, you know, they were doing devotionals online and preaching and doing all this stuff. And I was like, man, the congregation hears me preach every single week, right? They hear me teach every single week. So I wanted to do something that uh, showed a space that I truly love. And that's my backyard, that's my community. Um, And so what I did was, I was like, man, I want to share some light. Really, at, at the beginning of the pandemic, I just wanted to shed some light on some people who were navigating the pandemic in a public space. So, at the beginning, um, I had a therapist on. Um, I had uh, one of our deacons at the church and a very close friend of mine, Troy Glover. Um, he runs a Kroger. Grocery stores didn't close. So, I just wanted to give a perspective of what people were going through in the community. Um, and that's how community conversations kind of formed. Um, I, I was like, man, I, I didn't want to give, a, you know, I, I mean, give a devotional thought, but I was like, man, I would rather give people an insight to the folks who are really out here serving. Um, and so I just been able to connect with a bunch of people. Um, you know, I was able to connect with you um, after I did the interview with Jonathan Jones. And, uh, you know, I, that's that's just kind of how it started. You know, we're, we're in a place right now, we're really trying to figure out the direction, um, you know, how how we want to formulate this, you know, for the future. Uh, But nonetheless, you know, that's, that's what it is. It's just, it's just conversations about people in the community, you know, regular folks, just like you and I just doing exceptional things um, in their space.
0: And I think that's amazing. I loved having that conversation with you. I love what you're doing and listening in on those. And I think the most amazing part is that, you know, we pay attention to God ordained relationships. He ordained people, right? He didn't, he didn't create us or intend for us to live this life alone, right? And so I'm loving it because you have so many different individuals bringing so much knowledge to the table. Um, and I think it's amazing. I think it's beyond amazing that he would allow paths to cross so that we could meet and talk and chat, learn from one another. We both you know, got connected, but through Jonathan Jones, shout out to him, a past servant leader, Beyond the Ball podcast, and I just think that's amazing, especially in these times. And I love with you what you said about you know a friend of yours, um, Pastor Choi, who said that it would the pandemic pandi- pandi- pandemic if I can talk today would either expose you or expand you. And I think that that is one of the amazing portions. People saw the pandemic as a negative impact. They saw it as something that oh my goodness, and and yes, negativity did take place. People lost their jobs. Uh, people got sick, people lost their loved ones. And that portion I do get, but I do believe the pandemic was a place that things could be birthed. I do believe that the pandemic was a way that God showed us and created time to actually sit down and listen. I was saying this on a conversation last week with Dr. Kiki Baker Barnes. I said, that's why you saw so many businesses actually grow and start instead of die and close. That's why you saw so many podcasts hit the airwaves, right? Because people truly had a moment now to be quiet, listen to the word of God, listen to what Christ is calling you to do, and actually have the faith to step out on that. Can you talk a little bit about just some encouragement right now for the listeners who, even though this pandemic has to some seem to be over, even though the world has opened back up, they have lost jobs. They have lost loved ones. They kind of are trying to figure out that direction. What would you say the best advice would be uh, in order to hear God one and to actually have the boldness, as my pastor say, holy boldness, to step out and do His will when right now you're not in the place you you figure you should be. In?
1: Well, you know, one of the things that I would say is that you know it, it's it's evident, you know, when Paul writes that second letter to Timothy. And in the first chapter, he says, for God didn't give you the spirit of fear. Um, and, and, Come I on think, here. and I think that the big thing, you know what? And I know, not not I think, I know uh, that God has given us the ability and the capacity and the compass uh, to make these strides. Um, you know, it's, it's imperative that we understand uh, that our purpose doesn't have conditions attached to it, right? Like, you know, your purpose works wherever you are. Um, And I think that's one of the beautiful things that and I said, I think, again, I know that's one of the beautiful things about the power of God, because he enlists us to do things uh, no matter where we are geographically, emotionally, spiritually, like the call is the call. Right. So and the journey is the journey. So if you've navigated this pandemic, if you've navigated um, just today, you know, pat yourself on the back. I think that's a big thing. I think one of the things that the pandemic did was it gave us an opportunity to understand what small victories look like, right? Like, you know, I went to the store and I got groceries and I came back and I washed my hands and I went to sleep and I didn't wake up sick, right? I went to work and I didn't wake up sick. I, you know, I, you know, I I coach basketball and I didn't wake up sick. I'm in a gym full of people. Right. You know, um, uh, uh, you know, I had to officiate into a eulogy a funeral today. Right. And, and there were so many people there. And one of the things that I said was like, man, God has really allowed us to navigate something that took millions of people's lives. So if, if that's not a testament enough to say, you know, I really got to start taking advantage of what God has given me, the accomplice and the ability to do. Uh, I don't know what the wake up call is going to be. So for me, the encouragement is. This this idea of fear, right, understanding it, but also understanding God, because the closer we come to him, right, the more knowledgeable we come of God, right, the more grace, the more peace, um, the more understanding we have as it pertains to life, because he's already given us everything, right? You know, second Peter chapter one, he said, listen, I've given you everything that, you know, according to, you know, living a godly life. Um, And it just takes time for us to tap into it and just say yes to him. So um, I, if, if I can encourage anybody, that that would be my encouragement.
0: And I think it's golden. I think it's golden for so many reasons. One, because you tapped on the simple fact of small victories, right? And they are. They're those small blessings that we fail to thank him for, right? We always wait for the grandioso gestures and the big breakthroughs that we're praying for, that we fail to realize those true they're actually huge blessings, but we take them for granted. I woke up this morning. Somebody did not. I got another chance to get it right. That's a blessing. You know, as you said, I went to the grocery store. I had money to do that. You know, there, there's times and places where I'll ride and I'll see the, you know, the little free pantry, help yourselves on the side of the road. So people who have to do that. People are in shelters who can't do that. That's a blessing. You know, you actually had to do a eulogy at a funeral today. Right, it's a blessing. Right, two ways we're looking at it one, as my pastor would say, I'm standing on top of ground, the ground's not standing on top of me. But, two, the simple fact that being in that position to be called to give encouragement is such a hard time. There's so many things we could sit here for hours to just talk about those things we overlook, but those small victories and recognizing that I think that highlighted it. But the other portion that you said is to be able to know Him, right. I think that the hardest part about having faith in Christ is that we truly don't understand, know, and have our own personal relationship with him. You know, it's one thing, and you probably know this to be true as you guide your young men. It's one thing for you to lay the foundation and let them know about this man named Jesus, right? But it's another thing to try him. I was listening to our church service online and one of the brothers, uh, one of the songs that kind of took us over, you know, we, you know those songs where the leader take it a little bit and you start, you know, kind of going in and then the next person comes, the next person, it was one of those. And the song was basically saying, basically to trust them, right? And so it's one thing to trust them, but it's another thing that you try them. Those are two different things. See, I can trust them. I trust them because one, mama told me, Pastor said it. I read it, but see when I tried them, when I tried them, I found out for myself. See, they told me what he was a healer, Vince, but then I tried him for myself, and I can attest, I can tell you, it's not because in the book what he did for the woman with the issue of blood, okay? It's not for what he did with the men with leprosy, it's what he did for Chelsea.
1: Yeah.
0: Trust and try builds that relationship, but in order to know and to change that trust to try, you have to truly understand who he is. And we build that by spending that time with him. We build that by, you know, capitalizing on those small victories and understanding what he truly can do for you. So I think that's golden, Vince. That's golden.
1: Yeah, it it, it really is because it it gives you a sense of of, of, of truth that's added to your faith. Mm. You know, I, I, that's that's the big portion as it pertains to faith and as it pertains to just life and everything that God does for us. Uh, you know, th- we, we 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 have to understand the experience um, in order to understand what our future could potentially look like. Um, you know, I know what God has done for me. Right. I've experienced what God has done for me. I've experienced all of the the close calls. I've experienced all the, you know, the blessings. And so now it's an opportunity for me, number one, to share that. Uh, but number two, to act like I've experienced it. It makes no sense for God to do something for me. And then I act like he's never done anything for me. Um, and so when I find myself in, you know, a situation where um, I don't know what the outcome is, I just have to rely on previous experiences that say, hey, God has done this before. He's going to help me at this time too. I, I, you know, I tell my, my, my sons this all the time. You know, we serve an excellent guy who expects excellence from us. Um, hey, and, come on. And, and so I, I would not be a good father if I didn't expect excellence from you. And if you didn't expect excellence from me. Right. Because it's one thing to have these expectations of our children. Uh, but I believe that our children should be able to have the same expectations of us. Um, if I'm expecting them to be on time, if I'm expecting them to be forthright, then I need to be forthright with my children. Um, I need to be upstanding. I need to be the example because they may not always remember what I say. Uh, But they'll remember what dad did. And that's the motivator for me, especially in this time, because this is really like the first time that I've really gotten to spend this much time with my boys. Um, and, and, And it's been beautiful, to be quite honest. Do they get on my nerves? Absolutely
0: Uh, um you know i'm not those cute faces i'm
1: I'm buying summer groceries in march like you know i mean when they're home (laughs) for the summer you know the grocery bill goes up but i I remember when school shut down and i was like you know we got school food like breakfast and then you know dinner and like some snacks like now i'm having the you know but i had to trust god because god got us through and a year later things are actually better Um, Not necessarily worse, you know, because God saw us through this moment. And so I'm really, really thankful for that.
0: I think that's beyond golden, you know, even down to the simple fact that you have to give to get, all right. And you can't have an expectation of those. And I love that you went there in the simple case of, you know, Christ to our relationship, you to your children's relationship If we expect excellence from someone else, we have to make sure we hold ourselves in the same regard. And that leads me to just some servant leadership talk really quickly. Because, you know, a lot of times where leadership in general, but definitely servant leadership gets mixed up, is that we have an expectation of others that we don't follow through on. You said something that we, we believe is something simple to do, being on time. That's an expectation. You know, I was talking to some coworkers the other day about how we think these things should be easy. We think these things, I mean, it's one-on-one, right? It's like professional development, leadership one-on-one, but unfortunately it's the hardest thing to do. But in leadership, I truly believe that it starts from what you said. We serve a God who is excellent, premier excellence. So therefore, the expectation is that if we are one, as the word says, the aroma of him, if we are in his likeness, we should exhibit that. So in our leadership, if we're exhibiting that, it makes it better. I know the best leaders that I follow and that lead me, I work harder when I see them working. I work harder when I see them in the trenches. Yeah. I know that you, even when you make a mistake, one of my assistant principals at my school, he uh, was supposed to do something for an event we were having. It didn't happen. I hit him up. He's like, let me take care. You know, that was my bad. Nope, that wasn't you. You did your part. That was on me, but let me fix it. And I turned to my guy and I said, I respect him because he didn't try to pass blame. He didn't try to hide blame. He simply said, "That's my fault, and I'll fix it." And those type of leaders who basically can show themselves, who can be transparent—that is the key in servant leadership. I think that's huge.
1: Yeah, it's 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 big. Uh, and and honestly, accountability is—it's—it's it's something that's I, I don't believe is that you can quantify, um, especially as it pertains to being a leader, uh, because. We can pass the bug, you know. You could do that, right? I mean, you're a coach, right? You you can you can say, well, you know, I mean, we didn't have all these turnovers, and we would have did this, we would have did that. But at the end of the day, you're the coach.
0: That's it, right?
1: And so, when it comes to turnovers, when it comes to discipline, that's a reflection of you. You see what I'm saying? And so, this idea of, of that sweet smelling aroma. Right. The reason why our conduct matters is because we are a reflection of what we deem ourselves to be. So if I say I'm a disciple, but I don't smell like one, then it, it makes no sense. Here, right. So, so, so when you, when you look at, you know, being a servant leader, it's, it's imperative that we encourage, uh, that we also, you know, sometimes we, we gotta, you know, we gotta, you know, I gotta get busy with them, you know, I gotta let them know, like, Sometimes I gotta let my sons, you know, I, I call it. Hey, sometimes I gotta bring the heat. Like I need you to understand, you know, the power of, of of expectations because that's that's what we do, right? When we when we align ourselves with some sort of uh, job designation, role, right? There's an expectation, and with all expectations, there is accountability. So, you know, that's spot on. That's just spot on.
0: I think that's golden. Tell my many servant leaders. I say, Hey, back there.
1: Oh yeah. You can hear them. I know you can. But
0: I love it, <laughs> And look, I love the little leaders because at the end of the day, in a couple of months, I'm going to say, my bad, if you want, if you want to talk to me, you might hear a little cry and a little here and there, but I'm talking, but I think it's amazing because it goes into what you're saying, right? How do we build the next generation? If we shield them from the things that they should know, how do we guide them into being amazing leaders? If they're not watching daddy do a podcast, if they're not watching daddy tell me how this should go and not what he's telling me I need to do, I'm watching him exhibit those things. And I tell people, I love many mini leaders. I love them.
1: Yeah. You know, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up because um, one of the things that I'm not in the home is I'm, I'm not senior minister. In the home, I'm not, Come on here. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not pastor Vince. I'm, 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 I'm not, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Ford, like I'm dad in the home. Like if you, if you have, if you ever like watch when I'm preaching sometimes, um, and the times that we were preaching in the basement, cause we're back in the church now, back in the building, rather, uh, there are times when my sons will walk in and be like, dad, I want some juice. <laughs> like, and I'm like, I "Love it." I'm like, dude, I'm right here teaching class. I'm right here preaching. Like it doesn't matter because what I've tried to do is I've tried to effectively leave work outside of that door. I've tried to effectively understand um, that and, or help them understand that I'm dad here. And so whatever you need from me here, um, is I I can, I can provide that for you. Um, and so if you want to go outside and kick the soccer ball, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I'm gonna stop because those 30 minutes with you, I can't get back right? This email that I'm trying to send or this sermon that I'm working on or this project that I'm putting together, I got time. And if I'm in a, in a crunch for time, that's my fault because I procrastinated. And so really this pandemic has really taught me how to be intentional, but to know that I got to be transitional as well, because when I walk through that door, I'm dead. I, I am, I am dad. I am I am, I am husband, I am dad. And so that's what I want them to see. That's what I want them to understand. I want them to be able to be goofy and run around and have fun and sometimes get hurt. But, you know, it's, it's, it's imperative that I let them know that no matter what, when I'm in this house or even I'm outside, it don't matter when you need me, I'm dad. Um, even when you don't need me, I'm still dad because I'm dad 24 um, seven. And and really what kind of put me in that, in that space was, I never really looked at fatherhood as a calling until I heard this Bible study one time. And he was like, man, God called you to be a father. This isn't something that you like, God called you to this, right? God calls you to fatherhood. God calls you to motherhood. Um, God calls you to being a spouse. Uh, And, and, and when I started to accept it as a calling, it opened my eyes to what my role and my responsibility actually are.
0: You know, I say this all the time when y'all do this, you know, but see if we were actually see, we're not back in the church just yet in the building. Okay. So but this would be about the time that you know, a towel be thrown in the direction, <laughs> you know, that yeah, come on here is what have been, but I think that's it, it's pure gold. And the reason I say that and my listeners will always hear me say uh, that it's golden because that scripture that I love so much that reminds me, you know, it's so easy to find the dirt in someone, but Be that one that finds the gold. And when you have nuggets like that that just come target and hit, it's golden, right? And there's two things that stuck out to me today. The first one, you reminded me so much of servant leaders, James Wade, Coach James Wade, uh, head coach of the Chicago Sky. And it's amazing
1: because you actually, you both- I was on that one.
0: Yep, yep. we all connected on that one. And then Coach Willie Spears. And one of the things he reminded me of, James Wade, is when he was talking about his son, just like yours. He's like, I'm not James Wade. Like, I'm not head coach. I'm dad. And so regardless if I'm recruiting or if I'm trying to, you know, talk to Van der Sloot, if I'm trying to, you know, do whatever, he needs me, I'm dad. And that's what I am first. Now, Willie Spears, servant leader, always talks about winning at home. If I can be a coach, if I can be a leader, athlete, athletic director, whatever the case may be, whatever your title is, and I fail to handle the title That as you said, God called me to be, which is dad, I'm not doing anything. I'm not winning. Who cares if I'm winning and have a winning record if I'm losing at home? And I think that's golden. But the second part that you said about your young men and how they recognize your dad, regardless of what other titles you hold, regardless of what else you do, your dad, the comfortable, the comfortable, you know, peace that they have with that, the reliance in you, the trust in you that your dad, And what that does and brought me to and the thing that pierced me was that, oh, if we could recognize your sons know you're a pastor, right? They see you, they watch you, but you're dad first. So the holiness of me, the anointing of me doesn't rub off or make me feel like I can't come to you because you're my dad. Just imagine if servant leaders and those who follow Christ could recognize that yes, he is the all-knowing the all present, the most powerful being that can do all things, but he's our daddy. He's our father. So regardless of my power, regardless of my strength, could you understand if you had that same reliance in me to ask me for some juice, even if you know, I'm Jesus, Yeah. have that same reliance to say, Hey, look, I know you're saving the world. I know you are over there healing somebody, but I need you to this. And that hit me, that kind of said in my spirit that I love that comfortability that your sons have with you. But could you imagine if us as his children could have that same comfort and understanding? I'm your Abba father.
1: Yeah. Your
0: and if you could recognize this, you can build that relationship. It doesn't matter how powerful I am. I have time. As I, said, I have time today. I have time every day <clears throat> to be there for you.
1: Isn't that the isn't that the story of the samaritan woman though
0: it sure is
1: because he said if you really knew who i was come on right like if you if you really understood who i was right You, you you your 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 approach your request uh your acknowledgement would be a lot different um we fail when we don't realize how powerful god is and we and the crazy thing about doing things on your own is sometimes you don't even realize you're doing them on your own. Yep.
0: That's
1: (laughs) that's the, that's the rough part about doing things on your own is because you're like, you, you become so independent, you know, it's, and it's, it's noteworthy. Right. You know, I mean, you know, and, 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 and my mom has raised us to be, you know, independent. She's raised us to be resilient. She's raised us to be accountable. She's raised us to be strong black men. She's raised us to be that way. Uh, But it's, she's also raised us to take care of home, right? Because that's what we saw. We saw her take care of home. We saw her make sacrifices. Um, and, and that's what really showed me the transcendence of faith. Because, listen, I know a lot of people who claim to know who Jesus is, but, <laughs> you know, I, I gotta say this. And I, every time I see my mom, I think about this. You know, so growing up at the church we grew up at, very, very large church in Dallas, Texas so they had an eight o'clock worship and they had a 10 30 worship right and so she would always wake us up no matter what like you know sometimes we'd be like mom we just want to sleep in she's like nope get up so we would go to eight o'clock worship and it was seven forty five when the time changed um and so so we would go to this eight o'clock worship she'd wake us up get us dressed you know i'm talking about you know four sons man like she wake us up it was no joke you know or you know sometimes it was five six it didn't matter whoever was in the house she was going to church uh, and so we would go and then I knew it was like clockwork, right? Because we get out of Bible class and I'm thinking, Ooh, it's 1030. I'm about to go home, watch football. She's like, Hey, the sermon was really good this morning. I think I'm gonna stay for second service. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> So, so we'd be in second service, like, man, I just want to go home, man. And then we, we get out of church. and She'd be like, don't make no plans. Cause you're going to your grandmama's. Well, if you know anything about grandma's church, Grandma's church lasts long. Grandma don't get out of church at ten o'clock. <laughs> you know what I'm saying exactly. so we was getting in the car, drive across town to West Dallas, and go to church with Grandma and then eat with Grandma and then come back to our side of town for evening worship, so Sundays was an all day thing for us uh but I'm thankful for it because it was it was that type of faith it was that type of resilience um Man, it was an Usher anniversary every week in my house. It was just ridiculous, right?
0: All of them. <laughs> right. And
1: so, you know, and I mean, don't let us be in Abilene. And my grandma went to an old school CME church. And you you lucky if you got out of there by three, four o'clock. So so I, I grew up like that. And I understood, I understood church in that in that in that space, but I never resented it because my mother pushed this idea that you have to work out your own soul salvation
0: Come on here
1: so 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 for us it was like it got to a point to where it wasn't just that we were going because mom said go it was more so we were going because we understood the magnitude of what it meant to serve and we just didn't go to church to sit my mom was the type of mom that like you was gonna work in service you was gonna you was gonna help People out. You was gonna, you know, you was gonna put your best foot forward because she taught us what it meant to serve, and and, and that's kind of how I ended up where I am right now is because of the things that she taught us. And my father on the other end is like hard work. You got to work hard. Never stop working hard. If you're gonna do something, put in maximum effort. So that's that's where that comes from.
0: I think it's you know I'm sitting here laughing. I think it's amazing. I think we all, especially if you went to church with grandma, you know. Right. That's why I was laughing. I was like, the Usher anniversary, the 100 men and women in black and white, you're going to be there. Right. It is what it is. And no, you're not going to just sit there. Uh uh-uh. uh. You said it best. You're not going to sit. You're going to serve. But how amazing those teachings when we were younger, what they do now. I was talking to somebody the other day and I said, you know, it's not about keeping things to be the same because things evolve. But what tradition did, right? is that it allowed for you to be able to transfer what was taught then to now. You said it best. Now, granted, you were talking about the service. We're not going to sit, we're going to serve. But can you watch how that transferred into your life now?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, I just feel like I've been built to serve. Um, Mm -hmm. I really don't know anything else. Uh, It's funny (laughs) because I, you know, my son is playing soccer uh he's seven and he's playing soccer um and you know i just wanted to help like you know i told the 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 uh league president i was like hey i just want to help you know i sent him an email you know wherever you need me to help if it's with snacks you need me buy water whatever you need there's a kid don't have cleats you know let me know right because i knew what it was like to grow up in a home where, you know, we didn't have much. So, you know, if it wasn't for the village, you know what I'm saying? Hey, I got some shoulder pads for Vince or, you know, Hey, I got some, you know, I got these soccer balls, you know, Marshawn come get them or I got this instrument, you know, whatever it was, if it wasn't for the community then we wouldn't have been able to do half of the things that we were able to do. Um, And so then he sends me an email. He's like, Hey, I'm short on coaches. So would you mind coaching your son's team? Um, And so, you know, just being out there with those kids um it's like you can't help but serve right you can't help but you know want to look after kids like you know i I, i'm the neighborhood like dad like the kids being my yard they got parents they got toys and they got a yard but you know i'm gonna sit out there i'm gonna watch my sons you know because i want to make sure that they're not getting anything they don't need to get into um but that's service Mm -hmm. because every kid on the block don't have a dad you know, every, every, every kid on the block doesn't have, you know, somebody that they can lean on and say, hey, you know, I, I need this, I need that, I, I, I need to talk to you about that. Um, and so I believe the way that I was raised, the way that I was, that my, my mother and father raised us, me and my brothers, it's imperative that, you know, whatever space we're in, you know, we find ourselves in the ability to serve. I mean, what can I say,
0: Vince? I mean, you just... It's almost like you take my words, you take the mission of this podcast, and it's like, yeah, I'm gonna let you host. We're gonna let you be a guest host, host one week. Um, we you you, you got <laughs> it.
1: You I mean you do you do such a fantastic job. I mean I and you you bless a lot of people. I appreciate um, you know I mean I, I'm it's it's just like you know I mean I I feel like I'm I'm watching. You know, just a hall of famer at work. It's like when I think they can't do anything more, or you know, I think they can't get you know any any greater of a guess. I look up and I'm like, dang. You know? <laughs> Don't you do <feel> it? <laughs> nah, I, nah, listen, I'll be looking at the light up, I'll be like, yo, like, does she sleep? You know what I'm, saying? I'm Like, what, what, does she d- does she eat? You know what I'm saying? Like, what you know, this what 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 is going on here? You know, and I, I, I'm I'm thankful for what you do because this is a space that we need. We need this space. I mean, you know, sports of any kind Mm -hmm. are aggressive. They're, Mm uh, you know, they're competitive, you know, they're, Mm -hmm. they're, there's all of these things that are going on as it pertains to sports. And, you know, we got to see this side of it because Mm -hmm. I think this side is the side that people come into it with. They say, Oh yeah, this is this is what I want to do. This is who I want to be. Um, and then our, our our view gets warped. I mean, it's just like ministry. Man, yeah. I went into ministry because I love the I, I love the community. Yeah, I, I love being in the community, I love being around folks and 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 I love serving people. And and if you're hungry, let me get you something to eat. If you're thirsty, let me get you, let me visit the folks that's in prison, let me do all of these things. Come let on. me go fight for my people in the mayor's office. And so But when you get into these spaces and you see the politics and you see the funny acting and you see the behind the back stuff, you know, then you're like, man, should I really be here? But it's, 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 it's platforms like this that give us the ability to keep going, especially in spaces like coaching, teaching things that require more service than they have money to hand out. So, 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 so if, 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 if I could, if I could just say, you know, the importance of this it's important and 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 I believe that we are seeing the outpouring of that just based on all the lives that you've been able to touch through this platform
0: listen I appreciate that I'm so humbled by that I think more than anything you know how we often receive the call from God to do his work and oftentimes it goes back to the relationship piece you wonder is it me or is it you right and so then one thing I love and uh, KB hush I love Christine Kane right I say that because I know she's smiling I love Christine Kane I mention her all the time but one of the things she always says which makes sense she says impossible is where God starts not where he ends right not the resolute impossible is where he starts miracles are what God does you know people say that's just what I do <laughs> well when it comes to Christ that's what I do. I do miracles. And and I say that because when it comes down to items like this platform or anybody listening or anybody right now in this moment in this space where Christ calls you to do a work, you don't see it coming, right? You don't understand it fully, especially at first, right? It's been a year and a couple of months now, but a year ago it was like, you want me to do what? <laughs> right? And so it's so amazing because I appreciate all that you say. But I'm still in that, what I would call that spiritual fog, where you recognize it's Christ, right? So much so that you can't get ahead of it. So much so that you can't put your hand on it. You just sit there and allow that fog of where he wants you to to go, lead you there. So I'm just as, as amazed as you are when I'm sitting there, like when I post it and you're in amazement, like who, what? I'm just as amazed when I'm creating the flyer, I'm just as amazed when I ask, and it's not a runaround. It's like, yeah, no problem. I would love to. This is different, right? But the main piece where you understand that it's truly the work of God is everyone says exactly what you just said. From the first speaker to the last, from the first person who attended to the last, they say, this is the space that's needed because we all love sports of any kind, right? Right. And I tell people this, what ministry, what platform, what place other than sport can we truly see all races, all genders, all colors, all beliefs, everything, push aside the differences for those four quarters, those two halves, those nine innings, whatever, you know, whatever the case may be, fill in your sport, right? It doesn't matter when you're watching the College World Series, right, weeks ago you don't stop and say, hey, this section over here, Christian, sit there. This section over here, y'all sit over there. We're at one because if I go for Florida State, all right, had a shout out to them, Tallahassee. If I go for Florida State, I'm not questioning the differences. Hey, this is Seminole. Oh, okay, we're all here, we're one. And so when you can get them to that place, right, which this platform has done, get them to the same place, right? Whether you listen live, whether you listen on the podcast, Whatever your your social media, whatever your fancy is to listen, you get the message from the coach that just broke history, Joni Taylor, the day after the SEC championship. I tell her, hey, we can reschedule. I know how it is. No, come on and talk. I know y'all saw me on ESPN. I I hear that we made history and that's great. But I need to let you all know this had nothing to do with me, right? Right. James Wade, yeah, doing great things in the WNBA. Uh, You know, hey, yes, I coach Chicago Chicago side, but what I need you all to know, even as I wake up at 5 a.m., because I'm not even in the States, that this is not me, this Christ. And what God has done is allowed these faces that individuals see on ESPN and see on social media all the time, unify themselves. And now over 170 speakers, Right everyone says the same thing this is what i needed to because i needed to be in a space where we recognize not my position but who positioned me there and that's a god thing
1: wow wow i mean and and that's how you know it's god led mm-hmm. it's god breathed and you're dealing with people who the holy spirit directed to you um because they don't want to cancel come on um i mean i that's early in community conversations uh, one of my friends she works at the courthouse and she said hey uh one of the judges saw community conversations it wants to be on the show I was like what yeah, right." <laughs> what, yeah. what, are the, what are the judges uh okay uh well you know give me an email and then it was like oh yeah and then she wants another judge to come on too they both want to come on and I was like all, all right you know um and you know it's 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 those moments in which you're like well, what am i going to say you know how am i going to approach this i mean you know we 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 deem individuals to be at this pinnacle of success in which we're like wow uh but truth be told it's needed because it gives everyone an opportunity to say we all serve the same god um and and, and chelsea i tell you man hey Basketball kept the lights on at my house. Um, My mom, you know, when, you know, she transitioned to being a single mother, uh, she needed a job that she could work where she could take her boys with her. Um, And so she started refereeing basketball uh my mother did not know anything about basketball um and it was really really kind of embarrassing when I first saw her start to referee and I was just like oh man this is this is hurtful because you know how parents our parents can be cruel and ruthless uh you yes, know and can. so you know here I am you know 12 years old in the stands like man I'll fight you grown people you don't keep talking about my, mom. <laughs> yeah, talk about my
0: mom all right right, right.
1: uh but but now you know, I'm talking to her on the phone and she's like, yeah, I got this college camp I'm about to go to. You know, I'm refereeing, you know, juco ball or for me being in college and going to a basketball game and watching my mama walk in to ref the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was just like, wow. You know what I mean? Um, and so for me, like I said, like that idea of service. Um, And that those those different facets, like you said, everybody has a same goal in mind that we look at it as it doesn't matter what you are, who you believe in, um, you know, uh, 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 where you're from, we all have the same goal. And, And that's essentially what the church should look like when we come together on Sunday mornings. Right Where I work, my education level, my race, none of that should matter. I should be able to just come in here and and give to God everything I have because we got the same goal. don't we We all want to go to heaven right we all we all want to live forever with Jesus, but we let self get in the way, we let idols get in the way, we let foolishness get in the way, and then what ends up happening is we derail um and we don't get to where we need to get to because we forget the mission. We forget the vision. Um, And, and and as long as that stays the same, right? God is pleased. But when we start to add our own ingredient to his mission, um, we, we, we miss, we miss the boat big time, big time. So yeah, that, that, that sticks with me a lot. When you think about sports, when you think about uh, how, how people come together from different backgrounds for a similar goal, regardless of where they come from.
0: I love it. And don't we try to change the the recipe all the time? We love the devil. Like I love to cook, right? But I don't need us trying to change God's recipe, okay? Mm. It's what it is. It's like your grandma cookbook. You're going there trying to add something. No, follow the recipe, right? Do exactly what I ask to get the product, right? And I love that. I think that's amazing. And and I, I begin to think often about a recipe. I begin to think about Um, what God has called us to do and I begin to think about you know this servant leader piece right faith-based leaders in all facets right a lot of times we say so many people fail at that a lot of times we say that people don't do it correctly we use the term I'm a servant leader I'm a servant leader but the truest definition of those are missed hence why this platform has been so amazing we complain about individuals not knowing, but who really took the time to explain it? Who directed them in the path of the truest and first and real servant leader, right? Who took the time to do that? And so I tell people all the time, me, you know, you're gonna always catch a bag in my trunk. I don't care. Even now I can't hoop, but you're gonna have a bag in my trunk. And so you're gonna see some sneakers. You're gonna see a ball. You're gonna see all those things, a ball and shorts. And so no one's gonna have to tell you right, if you don't know me from a can of paint, no one has to tell you that, hey, this, this, this woman must play ball or have some connection to basketball because I'm looking at this bag, you know, if I see a bag with a bat, right, and, and a baseball or a softball, no one has to tell you what sport this person is probably, you know, in depth, in dealing with, right, when we talk about servant leaders, and I had a toolbox or a bag in my trunk, right, would we know if you looked at my bag and this is a servant leader bag would you know if you opened it those intangibles that fi- find themselves in there would you say oh she's a servant leader so it goes back to even when we said that we we should be the aroma Christ, right are you smelling like coco chanel are you smelling like right I, are, are we smelling how we should want to that does your fragrance that you leave behind right? made people say, what's that? Somebody walked in the store out right there. I said, well, what are you wearing? Because I love fragrances and I hadn't smelled that one, you know, but it drew my attention. So when we talk about servant leaders arsenal, we talk about the true attributes of servant leaders. What do you feel some of those things are that as servant leaders, we should be demonstrating in our facets of our lives?
1: Ooh, that's a really, really good question. Um, the first word that comes to mind I, I believe that a servant leader in a servant leader's bag uh you you need some peacemaking tools. Um, <laughs> come on you, you uh you you need some uh you need some uh, uh you need some screwdrivers of, of justice right and equity um you you need you need some uh some wrenches of love um you know you need some some pliers of passion um, you know, I, I I believe you also need uh you need some joy. Man, you gotta have some you gotta have some joy if you wanna serve. Um there's nothing worse than somebody who is angry and trying to serve at the same
0: time. Like <laughs> come on, come like,
1: Man, you could have stayed home. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I understand you here and we appreciate the work, but you know, if you're gonna have a bad attitude to try to serve, it's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. Um, it doesn't, and I, and I say I think last but not least, uh, you 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 gotta have some direction uh, because if you don't have direction as it pertains to being a servant leader, uh, and you don't have any God inspired direction, you'll lose your way uh, because when the text says, you know, you know, don't grow weary and well doing, right? Man, we get weary, we get burnt out. It gets rough. Um, I, I you know, I I've told you this before, but you know, I'm an avid album collector. Uh, and I was talking to the owner of the store yesterday because I went up there. Um, you know, mom blessed me with a few ducats and you know, saying I was like, Well, I'm gonna go buy me some albums, right? So uh uh I actually was able to get this real real dope old school Rance Allen album. <laughs> Oh, Not
0: rants. Come yeah, on
1: now. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was able to find that, like digging through the crates. But I was talking to him. He was like, man, I need a vacation. Like I'm burnt out. He's said, like, I love music, but it's a struggle coming in here every day. And I said, man, this is something this man loves. This is a business him and his wife started together and he's burnt out. And that's why I said, man, you got to have some direction. You got to have a guide. Um, and, and you really gotta serve with a positive attitude.
0: I mean, let me just I'm feeling my toolbox over here as you said them. I love it. And I think it is golden every last one of those items that you've laid out there. But I think the biggest piece we've all been there. I talk often about this. I'll go somewhere. I'm tired too, right? It's early. I don't want to be there either. But the fact of the matter is, you chose to work there. May not be what you want to do, whatever, but I love when you said that you have to have joy to serve. We've seen the angry worker. We've seen the angry leader. And what happens is that individual, it could be seven o'clock in the morning. I'm having a great day. I'm listening to my devotional. I'm listening to my music, probably some Rance Allen too, right? And then you get to the window and that person's like, order when you're ready. Not good morning, not. Then you say what you want. Hold on a second. Then you say, order when I was ready, I was ready. Okay, cool, cool. You already get to the window, they're dry, they are nasty. You know, they give me my biscuit or whatever. And I say, may I have grape jelly, please? (sighs) Like it's an inconvenience, right? We've all been there. We've all been to places where, you know, even in church, the ushers mean. Rude. Mm. You just want to find a seat. That's it. And I want to find one quickly because I don't like eyes on me. And you're acting like I'm inconveniencing you. So I think at the end of the day, you know, I think that's the biggest piece there when you talk about that. I, I, I All of those things that she said, if if that service, true servant leader in servanthood is in you, you find joy in servant. People have to tell you, sit down. You've done Hey, chill, we got it. At this point, you know, you're going to not wait to be beckoned for. You're going to find a place to help. And I think that's golden. I do.
1: That's huge. Uh... I, when we serve from a place of joy, um, it's also an example to other people. Uh, you know, I'm like I said, we're back in the building. So, you know, I call it a little Ghostbuster gun, but it's a sanitizing machine that we have um, at the building. And, um, uh, you know, there's a guy and his family. They just moved to Columbus like last year. Um, and, you know, we're we putting out volunteer sheets. Like, you know, we need help with, you know, opening and closing as far as the church is concerned. And man, when I tell you this brother, he's motivated me because he is just killing it. I mean, killing it. Like with, you know, making sure everything is 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 good to go, like making sure everything is clean, making sure the bathrooms are sandwiched. I mean, just holding it all the way down. And I'm 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 like, wow, like this is this is what it's about. This is what it's about. There's no big eyes or little U's. It's it's just more so about the fact that I'm here to serve, and that's what worship is. Uh, and so, you know, I'm thankful uh, for the ability to serve in any capacity that I possibly can, no matter what it is. Um, but I'm 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 even more thankful that my service can be an example that I can pass down to other people. I love
0: that. I'm thankful that my service. Can be an example that I can pass down to people. I'm just thinking in my head that song. It's like made a work I've done speak for me. Mm. That and that draws me to, you know, definitely something I want to get to before we get off today. You have an amazing book, right? That is called The Leader That Society Didn't Choose. The title alone should make you grab the book, y'all. If you're listening letting you know right now he'll tell you where to grab it later but the title alone should make you it did to me I was like oh snap I got I gotta see what this is about talk to us a little bit about when what made you write that book and tell our listeners a bit don't give it away now because we want to go get it but just tell our listeners a little bit about what drove you to write that book
1: I've always wanted to be an author uh you know I'm my mom used to take us to half price bookstore. uh, We were kids um, and she would just let us pick any book we wanted um, as long as it was in, you know, her price range. Right. But you know, half price bookstore, you get a book for, you know, 45 cents. Right. So, (laughs) you know, uh, she would, and she would make us read those books and then write her a report on those books. And so I gained this affinity for reading um, and gained this affinity for telling stories. um, And, and, it's, it's really where my love for hip hop and my love for Jesus kind of meet. Right. Um, I tell people like, it's, it's really music for your eyes. Um, and I even the chapters and track lists. Uh, but really what helped me write it, uh, was I didn't want younger preachers and younger leaders, younger ministry leaders to go through what I went through without having a game plan of, uh, having the resilience to get out of it. Right. Um, and when I say get out of it, not getting out of trouble per se, but just getting out of that, that funk, getting out of that depressed state. Um, my first assignment in ministry, um, full-time assignment, um, as a senior minister went completely left. Um, and to a point where my family went through some traumatic experiences, Um, I'm talking about, you know, no car, home gone, like it was rough. Uh, And one of my big brothers, uh, he said, he said, man, you need to write a book. And I was like, "Ah, okay, you know, whatever. Um, So I was in Target one day and there was this journal. It's called Thoughts Become Things. Um, And I started writing and I just, and I started writing uh, and I came up with that title because I kind of position ministry um, to be this idea of what David went through because David wasn't picked. And you know, when you're playing pickup basketball at the rec or you playing flag football at recess or whatever it may be, nobody wants to be picked last and nobody wants to be that person that has the car next because Come nobody on. really want to play with him, Right. <laughs> and so when you think about who David was, David was out there in the pasture. He was, he was out there being a shepherd right? He was doing his thing as a shepherd. And here his father is who's presented everybody, Eliab, all his other brothers. And Samuel said, nah, these aren't it. You have one more. And so his father was like, oh, David. Right. And so that's the one that he anointed. That's the one he picked. That's the one the society wasn't looking at. Come on. And so that's what the motivation was behind the book was because there's so many times As adults, we pick stuff for kids that they don't even want to be a part of. I can't tell you how many times I've seen people, whether it's in sports or in ministry, and they're like, I never really wanted to do this, but, you know, it was kind of just forced upon me. Uh, And I wanted people to understand that God chooses you. People don't choose you. Um, and, And that's really what the book is about. And I just kind of give some insight on, you know, what it means to be a leader um, what happens after your assignment changes? Um, and, and you know this, you know, especially being a a, a, a coach and a collegiate athlete. Um, sometimes a kid will come to you and has a wealth of experience playing the three. Right. I mean, they've been playing the wing since the wing was the wing. Right. And then they come to you and you being the coach and you say, you know what? I really think you be a better four than a three. So they wrestle with it. They upset about it because they don't trust, you know, your, 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 your acumen. They don't trust your expertise until they get settled in that position. And they realize, wait a minute, this is where I'm supposed to be. And that's the same thing with David. David, he defeated Goliath because he didn't want his people to be oppressed. It had nothing to do with the fact that he was anointed king. He was just like, well, is there not cause? And that's what he told his brother. Is there not cause? So you want to be a slave. Like that's basically what you're saying. And so basically that the book, the leader that society did not choose is how to lead. Even when society doesn't pick you, how to lead when your parents don't pick you, how to lead when you've made a mistake so that the people in, in our Christian community say, you're not worthy of being in a leadership position. That's why I wrote that book. Um, and, and, and so writing that book and how it just all came together. Um, one of my longtime friends, that our, our parents actually went to college together. Our mothers were pregnant at the same time. He wrote my forward. Um, you know, and and he like around the time my book was releasing, he had just got hired as a principal at the high school that he's at. Um, and and I'm a I, I'm not for sure. I mean, I grew up in around this area, and I don't think this school district has ever had a black principal at this high school. I mean, so um you know, society didn't pick him either. <laughs> God did. So it just all worked out. You know, I, I can't really explain it, but by God, um, I gave myself a goal. I said, I'm going to write a thousand words a day. Um, and then we got to the finish line um, and uh, God brought it to fruition. Um, but this this book is for people who uh, lead in any capacity. I don't care what it is. Um, you You can find a nugget out of this book that'll just help you be an effective leader.
0: I can attest to the fact, guys. Go grab it. Go pick it up for sure. We know Vince. I, I I always hate this end because I literally could talk to you for another hour with ease, right? With ease. That is just kind of the relationship that we build, um, being able to sharpen one another's iron. But before we get out of here, there are there are definitely your two questions you should know by now um, that enshrine you in. It's gonna make you. Cross that finish line that you just spoke about and jump on over to the servant leader, a uh, long line of leaders and amazing servant leaders that have graced us with the podcast. So the first of which kind of goes into everything we've been talking about, right? It goes into no matter what the situation may have been, you know, that God is still God and God has a plan. But when we're in the midst of those trials and those difficult moments, it is hard to see that. So one of the things that I love to do It keeps me in check. It makes me remember that I can say, Daddy, I need some juice, right? It helps me to remember, Daddy, I need a snack. Like I know you got your hand over somebody healing them from cancer. And I know that you are saving the world from things we don't even see, but I need you, right? And so one of the things I love to do is I'll say, God is, right? Sometimes I write it if I really need to see it on paper and let it, you know infiltrate my spirit. And sometimes I'll say it and get so caught up in just how it's endless. It's limitless to what he can be, but you don't get a list Vince. You get one answer today. So if I said God is, if I wrote God is on that imaginary whiteboard behind me and left a blank, how would servant leader Vince Ford the second fill that blank? God is what?
1: He's open. (sighs)
0: come
1: on vince he's 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 open he's open he's, he's open to your pain he's open to your praise he's open to your frustration he's open to forgiving you of your sins man he's he's just open and i i literally been thinking about this question all day because this is how you close i watch the show <laughs> I watched this show. I, I was sitting in my car. I was riding to the funeral with one of my bishops. And I was like, man, just going to ask me. She's gonna God come is. at me. Yeah. And I was like, God, is this? I was like, nah, that's corny. And I literally had something. When I, when I came, I went upstairs to get my phone and to come back downstairs. And I was like, yeah, God, is that? And I don't remember what I said. But when I sat down, the word open just, he's open, man. He's open. He does not close.
0: Come on here, look. That'll preach all by itself, okay? Like I, it's gonna preach Sunday. Sunday, it's gonna preach. Listen, you just make sure you send me the link to how I can to watch. Send it later, whatever the case may be. I'm gonna need you to go ahead and let me because I got. I have to know. I have to know how that sermon ends because that alone right there. That has me. That's what I can run on a little bit further just from that. That's awesome. He's open. God is open. And of course, this is a servant leader coach's Bible study. or well, servant leadership is at the forefront. It is the core faith. Basically, you hear me say all the time, normalizing faith in sports, us athletic professionals of faith, but in building that platform, and you've talked about that, what those arsenals look like. But in trying to build a mission of, Drawn out the most truest and longest definition of servant leadership. Two words, servant leadership, takes on so many different meanings. But to those that are listening, who are trying to build, learn, and grow, how would servant leader Vince Ford define servant leadership?
1: Vince Ford, I would define servant leadership. Hmm. That is an excellent question. I would define it as being cognizant of who God is in my life so that I can exude his power toward his people for his purpose. That's how I would define servant leader uh, because that's who Jesus is. Jesus came down here for God's purpose based on his timing to fix our problems. Typically when we're serving, it's not about our problems, our personal problems. It's typically about somebody else's issue that we care so much about and that we want to see them rise above. And so that's how I would define servant leadership.
0: Mic drop, mic drop. I don't have anything else because that right there, (laughs) God may be open, but you just close this one out with ease. I appreciate you, Vince. I really do just not only for today, but just, you know, the bond that we're creating, not created, creating, constantly sharpening one another's iron, being there to uplift the kingdom and push and move the agenda forward. I appreciate the man that you are just watching the husband and father that you are. I appreciate that. It truly does. You know, they say you don't always know who's watching. I'm watching. People are watching. And I appreciate you, my brother, for real, for just the person that you are and the servant that God has called you to be and doing it with joy.
1: I appreciate you. Thank you so much for uh, for having me on. Um, it was a pleasure to be on this side of the microphone. Um, you know, still getting to do what I love. You know, I love to talk. Uh, but just <laughs> thank you for... Thank, thank you for you know considering me I, I really appreciate it um, and it's and it's humbling to be considered um, and it's humbling to be a part of this process uh, but I'm very thankful um, and I look forward to what's next for you um, because i I really believe that this this is a movement that is that is going to change the culture of sports I, I truly truly believe that I
0: appreciate that before we go, do you mind closing us out with a prayer
1: Oh yes ma'am definitely let us let us pray. definitely father we we thank you so much for just giving us uh the ability to come together we thank you for uh your 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 servant dear god we thank you for chelsea we thank you for all the lives she's touched we thank you for all the things she's been able to do we thank you for all the conversations that she's had dear god we thank you for allowing her to just touch the lives of not only students but student athletes dear god not only uh just coaches but coaches that uh just love you dear god We're thankful for the culture that she's building. Uh, We're thankful for the fact that you've allowed us this opportunity, this hour, to just talk. Just talk about how you've motivated us, dear God. We're asking that you keep us motivated. We're asking that you allow us not to grow weary, give us strength, give us uh, the ability to go forth and do great things, Heavenly Father. And in Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen, amen. Before we get you out of here, can you let everyone know where to catch community conversations and where to cop the leader?
1: That society did not choose. Absolutely, uh, I'll start with the latter. Uh, so the leader that society did not choose, um, you can find that on Amazon. You can find that on BarnesandNoble.com. Um, you can reach out to me um, on Instagram at VinceFord86. That's V-I-N-C-E F-O-R-D eighty six. Um, um, you can you can you can reach out to me there. Um, and find that as well. Community Conversations um, is also streamed live on Facebook. Um, You can check out a lot of our past interviews. Um, And then also um, on Monday nights on Instagram, um, me and a buddy of mine, Alvin Eddington, uh, we get together and we go live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Um, And uh, we we talk about all things community, all things fatherhood, and just all things that we care about. So um, (laughs) that's where you can find me. Um, And uh, again, yeah, go buy the book um yeah I believe it'll be worth your time um and I believe you will be blessed uh by reading this book
0: I'm telling you shout out to Alvin too he was definitely uh an active participant um in both roles when I was on yours and now that you're on mine so shout out to you Alvin uh, we thank you guys so much for listening go get the book he means it he's gonna be humble I'm telling you right now go get the book it will definitely help you we thank you guys for listening we'll see you all next time